I started laughing because when you said pregame, you know how they, like, in, in American football, they have that little thing where they draw the diagrams and yeah. it's incomprehensible to anyone who doesn't care about American football. And I just imagined, like, Talon doing that for our game plan, and it's just like a little circle represents a person saying, suck my dick! <laughs> Love and miss you, Mary Riley. Hello and welcome to the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Sufficient unto the day is the Jeb thereof. It's Jeb Wrench. Fiesta! <laughs> For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of Munchlax, it's Fox Lee! <laughs> Match! And Jesus wept, I'm Talon Lee. And shepherds we shall be for thee, Lord, for thee. <laughs> well, I know that I know that the answer to the I sorry, I know that Jeb's got the best answer to this, so I'm just gonna start with Hey Fox, what you been playing? Oh, it's been another week where I basically have not engaged with video games at all. I am I am so ashamed. You've been playing Pokemon Rumble, that's a video game. Well that's true. I've been playing Pokemon Rumble World. Uh, it's yeah, it's a video game. Alright, look listener, I think she's underselling things because what I've been seeing happening is Fox, who is sick, by the way, has been sitting with her phone and her three DS cycling time on them for the two free to play games she's been playing. Three, I'm also playing Pokemon Shuffle. Ah, okay, so it's like, you know, a little bit on the shuffle, then we swap over to the phone, then it's back to the three DS because of Rumble, and then it's Back to shuffle. Better than buying freemium currency. Yeah, I'm just saying, you have been playing a lot of video games. <laughs> no, I've been playing a few video games. <laughs> a lot of your time has been video game centric. I've sort of been trying to get back to developing my own stuff as well. Oh, yes. Uh, nothing much has come of that yet. There's a certain goal I've decided I need to meet on the big one of these projects where I'm not allowed to ask any of my programmer friends about doing it until I have at least reached that mark and then I can make it other people's problem a bit too. Yeah, that that's very respectable and very reasonable. I don't ever want to be that person who's like, I have an idea. Hey, all my friends who know how to make this, you should make this for me. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is the worst. I'm, a, I'm in a similar space. It's one of the reasons why I avoid collaborating. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Jeb, what have you been playing lately? Most of my week has been spent playing Fallen London. On an iOS or on the web? Uh, I don't have an iOS device, so it's ah. just been on the web, but it's coming to mobile phones. So, yes. sorry everyone for your productivity. <laughs> Is what Fall of London? Fallen London. Fallen London. It, it's a story, it's a, it's a web-based, it's a browser-based game about uh, uh, an alternate Victorian London that has been pulled beneath the surface of the earth into an infant cavern by bats. It it's... is the predecessor to Sunless Sea. I was going to say, I thought that was Sunless Sea. Alright. Same set of Uh The Fallen London is basically the best of the browser game kind of model. You know, you have a certain number of actions you can do in a limited amount of time. You have a giant amount of text you can read. Fallen London is... Fallen London, for a start, it's just bigger than any of the other ones I've ever dealt with. 1.2 million words of text. Yeah, it's enormous. Jesus crap. The actions refresh on a reasonably nice timer. Yep, uh, it's like every, every couple minutes you get another action back. Yeah, so you can stockpile them. But their, 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 their goal is, uh, their, their goal is to, to keep it at a, like a, to keep it paced out such that you don't have to constantly be going back, back to it, uh, it, it it's a they they phrase it as it's uh, meant to it, it's meant to be a pace of life pace yeah so that it syncs up pretty much like okay this probably will sync up with your lunch break or your or yeah. when you're waiting for your transit home things like that yeah uh it, it it's been designed uh we we mentioned this before but video games that respect your time uh Fall of London is the rare example of a Farmville model game that does I'm just a little bit weirded out by that. Well, I read really fast. Yeah. And in those narrow windows of time, I would want to play the game as quickly as humanly possible. Well, they're also not that narrow. Uh, the, the, there are things you can do that don't require actions either. So there's things like sorting out your inventory and, and talking to other players and interacting with uh, internal systems of the game, which don't eat up actions. So it, 
basically it, it kind of adapts to your level of play. For some people who read extremely fast like yourself and want to burn through it fast, then yeah, I imagine it'll probably be less perfect. But it, it still is very respectable about how it treats your time. It doesn't get pushy. It doesn't get demanding. Respectful. Yes, respectful. Um, it also, it also uh, unlike most games like that, you actually go through story elements with, with your friends. Yeah. And you can invite your friends off to, to, uh, to a romantic evening. Yeah. Uh, think things like things that normally you'd expect to be handled like combat, or things like things that you normally expect to result in combat. This also has resolutions that are more diplomatic, persuasive. Uh, there was one encounter I had just today that was like uh, an elderly woman was being cast out of a, a runaway, or was being was being run down by a carriage. And your options were, you know, try to help her, stay out of the way, or try and pick your pocket. <laughs> She gets run over. <laughs> the the sheer breadth of stuff that Fallen lets you do as well is really remarkable. Uh, there, there are a gender options. This is the same setting where, you know, when you pick gender, it's like male, female, or do you mind there are walking starfish on the streets of London? <laughs> yeah, I, the, the reason I'm making this face that the listener can't see, so sorry about that, but... Uh, I, I, I can't visualize the sort of game you're talking about, mm. um, like the different elements you're mentioning and being a browser game and then it's multiplayer and it's yeah. a little bit much. I think I'd have to see it to understand you, exactly you what's going would, on here. But the good news is it's free to try, so you can. Uh, and best of all, you get bonuses for inviting friends to play. Of course. Of course. And it'll invite you with various types of friend. I, for example, I was invited by one friend and that means that I am a delicious friend. Which means that all the correspondence it has with me is, Hello, delicious friend. I see. It's got a sense of character. It's a really, really interesting game. A very strange sense of character. And Adrienne. I've, 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 oh. interacted with the, I've interacted with the with people who work for, for Fail Better Games. And they are very, very kind and very fun people. <laughs> so. Hell, just the fact that it's a game where you can have a day of going out and trading different types of wine before heading home, swapping gossip, and inviting a friend around to dinner. And that's a game. That, that, and that's part of the game systems. Currency in the game. There, there's, there are different elements of currency besides, you know, essentially money. You can collect, like, you know, precious stones and whatnot. But there's also uh, currency for secrets and stolen correspondences and wine. That's rather good. And menacing stories. <laughs> uh, indeed, the secrets have, like, a tier of currency in that you can have, what is it, overheard secrets, and at the very top it's, like, scandalous secrets. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I thought you were going to say at the top it's, like, you know, a secret you actually have photographic evidence of or something. No, it's just juicier. Yeah. Well, that's, that's <laughs> not more likely to be true. Uh, that, I, this actually was what part of prompted me to write about currency in video games oh. about World of Warcraft, where in, in Fallen London... The way that they approach currency is it's something someone would care about enough to give you something in exchange. Mm-hmm. And that just ticks the whole thing over. Like, you'll occasionally get unique <laughs> you can buy You can buy a house in Fallen London in exchange for secrets. Yeah. I'm going to... Um... I'm going to say In City of Heroes again, so get ready for it. But In City of Heroes, do you recall what the currency was? Like, there was not gold, there was not dollars, there was not credits. What was there? It was influence uh-huh. and infamy. And infamy. And if you were in the third side, the Praetorians, it was information. <laughs> so the, the entire time, there was no monetary exchange. You were trading on how cool people thought you were or how much they were afraid of you. That's kind of like Fall London. <laughs> yes, very yeah. cool. And indeed, that, that made the trade even more interesting and weird, because how do I get less influence if I suddenly make this low-level character have influence? It's like, well, actually, what you are doing is you are literally sticking your neck yeah, out. Yeah, I'll, I'll vouch for the kid. It's cool. I'll vouch he's, for the kid. You should totally me. give this kid some enhancements. <laughs> Which is a really daffy system, but it works better than the, the gold system you have in World of Not Warcraft. Not daffy. Where... The currency is meant to literally represent, like, labor. Like, yeah, the farmers totally, uh, you know, manage their farms and their fields in the currency that you are currently bringing home in giant sacks of gold. Yeah, it's a great idea to use some form of abstracted currency in a game system, or you just always get the D&D problem of, you know, well, our level arbitrarily says we should be earning, like... 500,000 of this currency and uh, here in the book it says the average rate for a day labor is like three copper pieces. Yeah. So uh, what I'm saying is I own all of you. All of you. <laughs> Dance. Dun- Dungeons and Dragons 3rd edition 
where what was it? <laughs> a, a a mid-teens character is walking around with enough currency that if minted out would make a ball of gold the size of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> They they dealt with the volume problem a little bit in fourth end. Yeah. The whole um, residuum. Residuum, yes. Yeah. Which so many players I played with can't pronounce. They just do not like that word. It's got two U's in it. There aren't that many English <laughs> words with two U's in a row like that. Yeah, there's one we all know, and we all know how to say it. Continuum. That's the one. There's one we all know, vacuum. There's what? the one that most of us know, continuum. Which are pronounced two different ways. Okay, I take yep. your point. And there's the third one, which is a loan word from German, which is Weltanschauung. We don't have that word. We totally do. We totally don't. I hang around academics, it gets used. It's like no zeitgeist. No one has ever said that. You're full of shit. <laughs> that he is made not a word. <laughs> Jeb, he's doing it in German do this time. <laughs> we need to do something about this. We need an intervention. <laughs> Talon, this is about you making up academic words. I don't make these up. You're hurting us. And you're hurting yourself. I just I don't know how to do an intervention, by the way. I'm pretty sure that was terrible. <laughs> I just bring these words in from another location. Look, look, I was look, look, I understand we we understand you're holding these words for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I know you weren't really gonna use them in everyday conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so sure I saw you tweet some of them. Uh, I I had fun in that I started pitting my uh, pitting my academic lecturers against each other on these fronts. In that I told I told the guy who's responsible for me learning producage and presumption about predator, and he's just that's a stupid bloody word. <laughs> oh, he noticed. <laughs> Excellent. Anyway, yeah. Two so bullshit anyway. words enter, one bullshit word leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderdome, not Predator. Oh, oh god, that's going to be the next step of this. You'll get the terrible portmanteau, not words. Like, merging them together. <laughs> Play borsage? You, you will have prosumage. It's, 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 uh, it's portmanteusage. <laughs> Portmanteror! My, my brain is now stuck on platter portmanteau. <laughs> Is that the kind of portmanteau everyone thinks is fake because it just looks like it's got a duck staple to it? That reminds me of. That reminds me. I've also also played a little bit of uh, Kaiju and Gogo. Yes, tell us more about Kaiju and Gogo and oh get as far God, away from complaining about my teachers. <laughs> Kaiju and Gogo is a strategy game where, in a, in a strategy game in a simulation about being an evil scientist and trying to conquer the world with your giant monster. I have only one question for you about this. <laughs> Doesn't involve an adorable chibi Godzilla. And I warn you, if the answer is no, I am out. There's no adorable chibi Godzilla. Boo! Boo on you, game! Boo! Right now there is only one kaiju, and it is the Ginormosaurus. No! Ginormosaurus is a giant robot with eye lasers and stompy all over the cities. Um, The game has... Kind of cool, but if it's not rendered in chibi, they're just missing a brilliant opportunity. The the, the game has a kind of a comic book aesthetic to it, which is great. Thing is cuter than Chibi Kaiju Talon. <laughs> you were saying Jeff has this comic book aesthetic to it, which is nice. You know, really thick, really thick, like matte lines around all the the art, and yeah, they're all yeah. brightly colored. You know what I mean? Like the the classic yeah, yeah. cartoon look, or the classic uh, comic book look. It's got the kind of this fifties pastiche. That's not like it's not like uh, XCOM the Bureau fifties. It's the the silver era uh, comic book fifties. Yeah, 50s. yeah I, get, I get what you mean. Um, That's kind of what I was expecting. And you send your kaiju right now, like I said, right now there's only one that you can choose, the Ginormosaurus. You send the Ginormosaurus from your secret, uh, secret lair in the middle of the Pacific Ocean to wherever you want in the, in the world. There's different cities all over there. Uh, you can even rise from the ocean to attack Albuquerque, New Mexico, which I think pretty much describes the sense of humor in this game. <laughs> so it's pretty good? It's, it has its kind of little issues about it. Like I think, uh, I think it takes too long before you move on to, to smashing another city. There's a little; it, it doesn't quite move fast enough. Yeah. For my liking, you don't pro, you don't pro, you don't progress. You don't upgrade quick as quickly as I'd like. But it's fun, and so you are smashing things. Some... With... Hmm? Sorry. I was just saying it. It's fun, and you're smashing cities with a giant monster. So. <laughs> so it sort of needs like a little fine tuning, you know, play test tuning kind of thing. It needs a bit more. It needs a little bit more time in the oven. Is it early access right now, or no. is that like beta? It's not early access, oh. but it's not complete. Huh. Okay. What is is there a word for that? <laughs> Unfinished. It sounds like the same as early access. Unfinished. 
Well, that's what early access really means. Is it so. released? It is. Re- it is a release. It's it's number. It's release numbered. It's considered a released game. Okay, so that pretty much is early access by any other name, <laughs> I guess. Like you can go and you can buy it, but it is declared to be unfinished. You you can go. You can buy unspecified it. Unspecified improvements to be expected. You can go. You can buy it for a lower price than it's going to be when more of the game comes out. That is totally early access. <laughs> Maybe they just didn't want to call it that because it's well, you know, it's kind of a word with stigma now. <laughs> I think it's worse, though, if you make an early access game, which this basically is, and don't put it in early access. Because they're basically selling yeah, this as that's... a complete game, and that's kind of... Yeah. But it's also fun, so... <laughs> also, not to... Well, on the topic of uh, not early access, but still not complete, Life is Strange has had a release, hasn't it? Yes. Yes, it has. I played that, too. <laughs> is it? Is it hype? Is it a big deal? It's really good. It, okay. It's really good, and I can't talk about like, it because spoilers. There's, there's a, yeah, there's a fundamental challenge when you're talking about a game that comes out in episodes in that when you get to, like, episode three or four, you can't really tell anyone why it's good at that point because the whole point is that what you're playing is building on the previous episodes. So we can't get you to explain <laughs> this is why it's good. Just, I, I'm glad to know that your reaction is not... It's disappointing. It's really good. Episode four could be extremely disappointing or extremely good because the way the way that episode three ends could either really, really be disappointing or if they handle it well, be be a masterstroke of writing. Interesting. (laughs) There's basically no there's no middle ground anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Oh, I'm worried now. I mean, you don't not they. Yeah, they, they they go for it all at least. Yeah, it's that thing you've talked about in the past where you greatly prefer someone to fail impressively. Uh, (laughs) I would rather see someone aim for the moon and miss than aim for the ground and hit it. Yeah. And Life is Strange is aiming for the moon. double fine problem. Yes. (laughs) Life is Strange, you know, well, really, as far as episodic adventure games go, Life is Strange is aiming for the moon, it might miss. Broken Age aimed for the ground and hit it dead on. Yeah. And Broken Age, yes. Let, let's not get me started on Broken Age because I haven't played it. I've just looked yeah, it's at how not it really goes fair to uh... Yeah, and and there's stuff in that that annoys me so very. It's much. not you who should be the one who's criticizing Broken Age. No, it's yeah. me. I, 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 <laughs> I have. I didn't back it. <laughs> I didn't back it. I haven't played it. There's a whole bunch of reasons why I should not talk about it. I want to. I've played it anyway. <laughs> Um, hey, you're allowed to bitch st- about stuff. I am allowed to bitch about stuff. St- and then there will be no more sunshine. It'd be very disappointing if I didn't mention this. I played Brooklyn Gamery's uh, newest Android and PC game. It's called uh, Prism <coughs> Shell, and it's kind Prism of a Shell. Prism Shell. It's kind of a kind of like a twin stick shooter wave shooting thing on a yep. phone. Yes, uh, you tap on the you, you have a bunch of nodes on your plate on the battlefield. You tap on those to move your tank from node to node, and then you just tap anywhere else to shoot. And there's waves of bugs huh. and stuff like that. It's it looks like it'd be really fun on a phone. It's not the not the most intuitive thing on a PC. But what's interesting about it is that it, it uses the same sort of control scheme, pressing on the nodes and, and aiming where you want to shoot with the, your pointer pointing device on both PC hmm. and phone. Normally you have some huh. sort of like you know WASD and mouse control for a shooter when you put it over to PC. Yeah. This just it keeps it all simple. It's all the same and. For something to play for a few minutes, it's all right. I'm looking for things like this on my phone uh, recently. Because <laughs> right now, the games I have on my phone are Line, <laughs> uh, God Squad, and King of Dragon Pass. Which, King of Dragon Pass is, is a really good game, but you can't belt out a quick round of it on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as the games I've been playing, because we've been talking about uh, modding and machinima and the evolution of games in class... I decided to go back to, because class blogging, uh, go back to an old well, and I started playing some late 90s, early 2000s first-person shooters. Oh, dear. Hexen? There's a game. Go on, Jeff. Hexen? Uh, Hexen 2. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> you were really close, but Hexen 2. Uh, I, I played Unreal 2 Awakening in Hexen 2, and I played it back-to-back, and... Um, Oh my god, Unreal Tournament... I'm oh, sorry, Unreal 2 is boring. Wait, back to back. Yeah, as in I... You're playing that both of those games had story modes? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Unreal 2 Awakening is on GOG. It occasionally dips down into the, like, $1 or $2 st- set. It is the dullest fucking thing. I... Uh, it it feels like a Quake mod. <laughs> um, and, and 
not and without the balls to the wall kind of ridiculousness that Quake had, where where Quake was ultimately these very high paced combat arenas, which was stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, and you were very much dealing with it with more of an aesthetic being thrown at you. Mm-hmm. The fact that they were trying to make a plot out of this and with weapons that are so fucking boring. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to write about this thing on my blog, uh, not my class blog, but actually my home blog as a sort of you know game pile thing. Like I got nothing to say about this game. It's just a giant puddle of meh. That's the hardest thing to write about. Yeah, like I, you get to the point where you look forward to a game making you angry because writing about meh is so hard. Mm-hmm. I'll buy you copy of Dexter. I remember I was, I was playing a, a, a game called, an adventure game called Alan recently that uh, I was fortunate one of my colleagues wrote a review of it before I did because it was just kind of average in every way. <laughs> it's just there. It exists. <laughs> Anyways, Hexen 2? Yeah. Um, Revenge? Hexen 2. <laughs> well, Hexen 2 is, it. well, I, I have some nostalgia goggles on Hexen 2, right? I freaking loved uh, Heretic. I loved Hexen. I loved that there were these games I was familiar with, and that I was familiar with how Doom worked, and I was familiar with how Heret, and that made Heretic an evolution of a game I already knew, and that made Hexen an evolution of another game. Like, it all has this connected uh, lineage to my childhood. I'm not gonna pretend I don't have a bias here. But Hexen 2, um, one thing I didn't really remember thinking back about that game is, holy shit, you are fast. Yep. <laughs> you move on rocket skates in that game. That's the, kind of the trend of the, those that particular breed of games. Yeah. Well, almost the... everything that comes at you <clears throat> is a projectile that you, you are fast enough to dodge it, mm-hmm. which means if you get hit, it is kind of your fault. Uh, the the levels, okay, the levels are still massive and obscure, and you do sort of need a walkthrough to know where you should go next, which is a big problem. Hmm. Uh, especially for what is effectively a shooter. But it does mean that they are exploratory in a way that Doom and Quake weren't. On the other hand, the fact that they're uh, a character class... Doom what? was... A little. Uh, okay, yeah, but not in the same way. Doom didn't do nearly as much backtracking, and it wasn't over as much space. Yeah, Doom was more along the lines of this, like, secret passages yeah. here and there. That's true. And also, in Doom, the, the backtracking and secrets and stuff, uh, that was usually all in, sort of, basically combat arenas, whereas Hexen has pretensions mm. towards being, like, a fantasy adventure. Does Hexen even have levels? Hexen 2 has... Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, well, rather, it has sequences of hubs, and each hub has flowing off at a level. Um, honestly, it's kind of uh, a bit of a hack job. I think that if you showed it if John Carmack was asked to pass opinion he'd probably laugh because all they're really doing is making smaller levels and bolting them together with a back and forth system so that you can effectively cheat the memory constraints of the system how's it a hub if it's only got one level connected to it it doesn't have just one level connected to it it's oh. got a couple okay, you said a level flowing off of it well that's the thing that's kind of like that level's worth of maps you know the first one is you turn up at a uh, an old church and connected to that church is an area of swamp and connected to that church is also an area of um, crypts and there, there are multiple levels and you have to go back and forth between them all to work out what's going on. Okay, so it's like a, a level which is a bunch of areas with like a hub in the center. Yeah, and there's a, there's, there is a loading screen between them and okay. most frustratingly they aren't very well signposted between one another so you go <laughs> to one you flip a switch and it says uh, something has changed somewhere. <laughs> oh. Fucking thanks. Excellent. <laughs> something has changed somewhere in my pants. And the worst part about it is the the best thing that they do to signpost this is they spawn enemies near where you just change things. Mm -hmm. So effectively, you give up tracking what logical connection there might be between the the sign that looks like a bull where you just pulled the chain and you start looking for where is something I haven't killed. (laughs) So you still wind up behaving like a Quake player. It's just you've got the... also, Hexen 2 has an expansion pack where I think it's one of the first times that generation of games had a female playable character. Huh. I mean, she was a succubus, but no. she was a succubus who threw fireballs at people's faces and clawed their heads off. <sighs> Same. So, <laughs> it's a... I, I'm very fond of the game. Uh, it has problems with scale in that most of the beds look to be about six <laughs> feet tall. That's... If anything, that's authenticity. I mean, have you ever seen an RPG map where the beds are the right size for the humans? That's true. The, the upshot of it is, especially with the speed, is you feel like you're Tyrion Lannister on rocket skates. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I've been enjoying looking at those games, and you know what game has, like, a fairly recent game that really feels a lot like Hexen 2? 
recent Tower game? of Guns. Tower of Guns is wonderful. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Tower of Guns is really very much in that same mold of fast movement, slow moving projectiles. Yeah. It, it's skill based evasion mechanics. You, and you, it has you get out the way. And it has hookbots. Sorry. It has hookbots, which are robots that you don't, that don't, don't hurt you. But if you kill them, it increases the difficulty because the game goes clearly you only respond to violence. <laughs> okay, that's a little bit awesome. Joe is yeah. one, Joe, the developer, uh, Joe Marbello, is wonderful. And, yeah. and a wizard. <laughs> Because that game runs amazingly well on anything. It's tiny, too. It's like 99 meg. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And at last check, aren't the levels ro- uh, procedurally generated? Uh-huh. Yeah. That would actually make it easier for it to be small. Yeah, it's a procedurally generated first-person shooter bullet hell. Uh, procedurally, procedurally arranged. Ah, okay. Like, it's a series of defined rooms, and this I... room could be this, whatever. At, at five yeah. levels, you get a... a spe- after five deaths, the game gives... Have you played it five times? Talent? Uh, no, I don't think I have, actually. Oh, then I won't spoil this for the fun when you reach Death 5. Okay, I guess I'm going to have to do that then. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's incredibly well optimized. I, I could run it on my... Uh, I was able to run it on my old computer before the one that I had that bricked. The one that had, like, 2 gig of RAM. Oh. Wow. And this is an so, Unreal yeah. Engine game, because Joe's a wizard. <laughs> Talent and I only upgraded past 2 gig of RAM, like, what? Six years Three ago. years ago? No, less than that. When our new computers came, they only had two each, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I was. I, was I, still I actually asked uh, Joe about this over uh, Skype one day when I was trying Tower of Guns. And he told me the reason why it's so well optimized is that his workstation isn't a very good computer, so he needs to be able <laughs> to play it on the thing he designs it on. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Nice. Very nice. This is a way in which restrictions breed creativity. But yeah, so that's that's pretty much been a roundup of what we've been playing. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the month of May 2013. Brought to you by Livestream Manchester and Home Furnishings. Contains 53% real Phoenix down. All right, May 2013. So, relatively recent history. Going to be a lot of things you're probably mostly familiar with, but you might be surprised by how young they are. Okay, just one thing. Tell me the year again, because I was too busy going, hmm, was that a good intro? Could I have done better? Was it funny? No, I think it was okay. I think it was pretty funny. 2013. Right. So two years old. Gotcha. The years suck. Yeah. Not not a good year for us <laughs> at all. Still, 2013. First things first. A raw slice of 80s cheese. Just a just ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous game. Retro City Rampage? No. Higher budget than Retro City Rampage. Spinoff? Yes. Uh, Far Cry Blood Dragon? Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Alright. Alright. Okay. Ooh, I'm on fire. A iOS tie-in game, which uses Uh, a... Hitman, Hitman, uh, uh, go? No? Esprit, whatever. No? And no. Damn. Tied into a movie franchise using a massively overused... Uh, story thing. Oh, God. Could be anything. The iOS game did not open to good reviews, and neither did the movie. Uh, Battleship? <laughs> no, no. 2013. I think I know what movies came out in 2013. I haven't seen That's... a new movie in years. Is there a years. Spider-Man iOS tie-in? <coughs> That's a good point. It's like a Spider-Man movie every couple of years now. If I say it's a Brad Pitt movie, that won't help either of you, will oh, it? Oh, fuck. What's he done lately? Oh, uh, he was... That was, was that when he was in the world it's a tie-in to a book. Was that when he was in the War Z? World War Z, yes. <laughs> oh, was he then? Okay. Yes. Uh, World War Z, which iOS page consists of 63% approval on Metacritic. Ooh. Uh, but notably, all the user reviews, which are in much better structured English, are... Uh, <laughs> They're really negative. They're really not happy with this game. You really have to try to get people to give you bad reviews on an app store, I find. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of sort of visual novel games that I downloaded to have a tryout, which were, you know, translated from an indie Japanese company or whatever, and they always got glowing reviews talking about how great the translations were and everything, and I'm sitting here going, they switched tense in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> Do you even read? <laughs> well, no, it's so stupid English. Those games give you usually give you a reward for a positive review. So yeah, oh, you're I know, fucking I played, kidding me. I played a bunch of terrible, uh, <laughs> terrible oh. uh, mobile games that I, I play them frequently for my YJet hash, hashtag. So I've seen How love. That fucking uh, okay, those stores need to outlaw this. This should not be legal. <laughs> this is bullshit. Tainting the review system. Look, if these yeah. games have got better reviews, I would have never seen Anime School Girl uh, Edgar Allan <laughs> Poe as a cat there girl. Is- 
tainting, yeah. and there is straight up just whizzing all over everything. Okay, taint implies. Uh, I would never have. Society. I would never have found this if not I'm for the. I'm kind of pissed the, off at that game because it has remarkably cute artwork. It's really good and really ostentatious. I love it. Like, if you weren't telling me this was Emma Goldman, this would be quite a nice drawing. Emma Gold. They they took Emma Goldman the. One of one of the Y Jeff games takes Emma Goldman and turns her into the, what I call the greatest JRPG hero, hero ever. Because <laughs> she's right, she's she's sporting this newsboy cap and she's yeah, got a pistol in all her books. It's great. <laughs> I remember seeing it on your Twitter and going, "Hey, that's really cute, Emma Goldman. What the fuck?" <laughs> oh. I want to see her and Nellie Bly team up to fight Nazis from a, from a, uh, a hot air balloon that's traveling around the world in eighty days. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so it's next up, it's a franchise game. It's a re-release of an existing game. So the game did not actually get made in 2013, but it did come out in 2013 on a platform that was relatively recent. Oh, so it was a re-release or a port? It's a re-release. Okay. Technically it's also a port, but it's like the same company made both of the things it was on. So it's just like an update. Mm. Okay. Is it a remastered version of an no. old thing? Okay. But it is a game that was originally split into two parts. So you'd have to buy more. Did they recombine it for this? I don't know. Uh, you could buy them both separately. Did, did Nintendo okay, put like Oracle Pokemon. of Seasons and other Oracle? Yes, indeed. It's Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Sages. Anyway, they re-released those? Yes, on the 3DS. Huh. As cartridges? No. Oh, just virtual console? <laughs> yeah. Ow. Sorry. What's difference? It still happened. It's the first appearance of Tingle, I think. Oh God, really? Yeah. No, that's where that's where Team Tingle came Tingle from. Tingle was in uh, was in Majora's Mask, wasn't he? Yeah, but didn't the Oracle games come out slightly before that? I have no I idea. Wouldn't tell you. If I recall correctly, it went Ocarina, Oracle's <coughs> games, then Majora's Mask. I could be wrong about that, but it would be very close. We'll have to ask the we'll have to ask the listener. Yeah. It could just be that, like, no one had Majora's Mask here, because it's it's a very very narrow release in Australia. Nintendo generally did have a very narrow release in Australia, for all their hardware. Yeah, but, like, for a Zelda game, you would expect that that would be one of the things they would bother distributing, probably. Yeah. But Majora's Mask was weird. a lot better at that. Except for Amiibos. But Majora's Mask was weird in general. It was weird in many, all the ways, really. Alright then. Okay, this is a game that I have yelled about a lot, despite not having played it. But, oh. Broken Age. Yeah. <laughs> say Bioshock, but this is 2013. That, like a lot. Okay. <laughs> this is a game where before it came out, I was actually happy to see it coming. I Watch thought Dogs. this was going to be. No, not Watch Dogs. Oh! Watch Dogs was last year. Um, okay. This game Remember is me. a shooter. Not no, you played that. You played Remember Me. I finished Remember Me, yeah. Uh, it's a shooter, it's a team based shooter. Sorry, it looks like you're looking at the screen. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm screaming. I, I can't read your screen. Screen sheet did not come out in 2013. No, it wasn't on screen sheet. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not reading your screen. He's moved his laptop a... so I can't not look at his screen anymore. You know, for me, that was a subtle joke. It really was. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've never heard of this thing. Oh, Screen Sheet is an amazing shooter where players are invisible, so you literally have to work out where people are <laughs> by looking at their screens and trying to work it out. It's fucking great. That's fun. Uh, Alright, so... So it's also, a shooter from 2013 that you were looking forward to. It had a name change. Oh, oh, ah, uh, oh, fuck. Was it, it was called Overkill or something to begin with, right? It, like, Bullet Kill Max Hell. Or so. It had a really great name. It was stupid. <laughs> you, you are correct that it had a great name that was stupid, and it replaced it with it another got name. got turned into, like, you know, Gunzone or, or <laughs> War Stuff. <laughs> Gun Havers. Is it Warframe? Uh, and they had, like, an interesting range of characters where there was, like, Doctor and Stealth Person and Heavy Dude, and, you know, they had this really great trailer. And yeah. And then they just normalized everyone, and it was boring as fuck. Yes, you've pretty much described the game. I can't name it! Warframe. To see <laughs> no? No? Oh, I can't remember the stupid name! <laughs> It was like it, it was like they wanted the name um, Kill and couldn't get it. Is what it was like. Um, yeah. Yep. I, I, I'm just. I admit, I'm watching. I hate you. <laughs> the original game was going to be called Overstrike. That's it. Can you remember the new name? Oh, some shit. <laughs> okay, it's the same number of letters as shit. Warhammer. 
No. Um, nah. Wish I could Tap out? This. No, I refuse. Do you want to tell I will go down to the last goddamn card and the last goddamn life point. It's, oh, it's guns. The same letter, the same number of letters as shit. It's a four word, four letter word name. It's. The first. Fuck. Okay, it has the first two letters of that word. <laughs> fuse? Oh, it's fuse! Fuse! Shut up, Jeff! <laughs> this is her goddamn mountain! You stay out of this! <laughs> this isn't about you, Jeff! I do not need your pity! <laughs> to be fair, I was just trying to guess. <laughs> I didn't actually ah! fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it feels so much <laughs> So yeah, I was really looking forward to Fuse when it was still called Overstrike. Like I used to show the video around to people going, check it out, this game's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. You shoot it with like personalities and stuff. Yeah, and and um, didn't we learn our lesson with Brink? Well, yeah, I I never got hyped for Brink because I looked at Brink and went, "This looks like Team Fortress 2, but like not as good." Well, it was trying to part... look like Team Fortress Two, but, but in the sense of four. like here is a a multiplayer shootery, you know, general average combat experience thing, which is gonna sell itself on having actual interesting personalities involved. That's true. Overstrike. The thing that defines it in my mind is the original trailer for Overstrike featured four people with distinct cartoony personalities fighting a giant Nazi robot on a gantry (laughs) to the tune of Tick, 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 Boom. Which, that's juvenile fantasy, but it's doing it right. (laughs) And... And how many of those four people were ladies? Uh, half of them. Exactly. And in Fuse's trailer, you never see the characters. They never introduce you to the characters. But they do have you shooting generic military targets from behind cover. Yep. To the tune of Plan B's Ill Manners. Which is a song about income inequality in inner city London. And I believe there's still two girls. But they added in an extra boy. So you could have that 3-2 team imbalance. And all the guys look the fucking same. Yep. And all <laughs> the girls used have... used to be diverse and interesting. And all the girls have daddy issues. And everyone got a bit more realistic up as well. Yeah. Ugh. Really not happy with what Stop happened Stop adding Fuse. realism to games. Fuck off. I, re- I really hope that somewhere the original design document for Overstrike is sitting around. And <laughs> may one day yet happen. We Bl- may as well still make this, after all. It Blizzard no pinched it. no resemblance to Fuse. Blizzard pinched it. <laughs> it's going to be Overwatch. <laughs> Overstrike, Overwatch, come on! I, I, I figured I this hope, out. I hope that Overwatch is as good as I was hoping Overstrike would be. I don't know if it will be. I have worries, but still. Look, look all I'm saying is follow the money. Yeah, that's true. Say <laughs> jet fuel can't. I could make a jet fuel jerk out of that. <laughs> Jeb fuel. Speaking of money, this game was developed by one person. Huh. This game... <laughs> one of the many releases of Minecraft, like the no, Xbox One. No, not Minecraft. This yeah. game is plotted and has cutscenes. It's animated cutscenes. It's made by one person. Uh, as far as I know, it's made by one person. I believe someone else also did music. So I guess not just one person. In that way, I'm wrong. The Again. plot thickens! <laughs> Thomas was alone. No, no. Uh, but you are right in that it is an indie game and it was available on the Xbox. Was the person who made music Kevin McLeod? I don't know. Limbo? Uh, I actually, uh, no. It is, however, a platformer, but it's not as linear as Limbo. And it's a lot happier than Limbo. Not that that's really a helpful hint. Mm. It's not Thomas Sloan. Inversion. Uh, uh, flashback. Fez is about the right level of, uh, of exploration. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, it was not one of the Terry Cavanaugh games, no. Um, Dust? Dust and Elysian Tale. That oh. could not have been made by one person. <laughs> so, uh, so, um... so I was told the. Uh, well, the... you would have had to pay voice actors at the very least. Yeah, There's no way the same dude did all the voices in that. Well, game. no, the the voice the voice of Dust himself is Evan Tian. Yeah. Oh, I believe he did some of the voices in the game, but. Yeah, uh, but Dust, the game design, programming, and animation, as I was told, was all one person. That would be pretty incredible. I would be happy to be proven wrong on that front. Because <laughs> we don't need another, uh... Oh, what's the guy's fucking name? 
Pixel? Fucking... Nicholas? Yeah, Pixel. Cave Story, yeah. right? Yeah. Because <laughs> we don't need another Pixel. T- to be fair, Cave Story took him like seven years. Those of us with restricted talents already have enough inadequacy to deal with. <laughs> Thank you very much. Stop showing off your robot skills. <laughs> all right, then. Yeah, it was all done by uh, former animator for Jazz Jackrabbit, Jackrabbit 2, Dean Dodrill. Yup. Holy crap. So what we can say is that furries, once again, rule the media. <laughs> That is, like, super-duper more impressive, knowing that it's all one fucking guy. Dust is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. For a a one-person show, it's amazing. That's that's amazing for for a full team. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, you know, it's not quite Ori, but it is a beautiful fucking game for an indie game. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What was I going to say? You can kind of, it it shows her a little bit in the close-ups. Uh, mm. where they are, like, very, very, uh, clean cartoon style with very minimal animation, and you can sort of see things being more shortcutted, but, yeah. mm-hmm. like, the actual action combat animations and the sprites and everything, holy fuckballs. And the, the point of contact. Those sprites feel very tightly defined. Oh, yeah, and it's it's a hell of a lot of fun to play. It's a fun game. Whee! I can basically fly through the air as long as I can find things to murder on the way. Whee! Here's a fun thought. Dust was one person. Wand of Gamelon had a team. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't really do comparisons like that. No. Okay, here's a good one. Dust was one person, uh, and Broken Age was all oh, double fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, the majority of the internet losing its shit for them. Yep. And weirdly, people dissing on Dust because it's a furry game, as if, oh no... Games with furries in them. <laughs> yeah, those have always historically been very bad and not like the majority of the, the available game base or anything. Like, early games were just so <laughs> many furry things. Like, back in back in the sort of 16-bit days, we used to call furry games games. <laughs> Sonic the who? <laughs> Sonic the fucking furry cosplayer, <laughs> apparently. Or, so- or like, like with uh, Dodrill's work there, Jazz Jackrabbit? <laughs> yep. Which was that great, is, by is. the way. <laughs> Next up, we have a game that is a franchise game. It's a continuation of a franchise. Fire Emblem. It is way, <laughs> way better than the game that came immediately before it. Uh, mm, hmm. Assassin's Creed Liberation or whatever? <laughs> no, it's not Liberation, but that's a good guess. Uh, it's The previous game was, I think, two years beforehand, so 2011 kind okay. of release. So same generation. Uh you have a very distinct um, theme. Is the Bionic Commando re-reboot? No. Okay. Is no. it a reboot? No, just no a it's not a reboot. Just, okay. a, just another game. Well, that's why you specified continuation. It's a continuation. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the previous game was racist as all hell. Uh, um, <laughs> like anything. Okay, Bad Rats 2? Just Jackrabbit. This game paints a marginalized group that have been historically ignored as heroes. Uh, it's a first. Call of Juarez Gunslinger? Call of Juarez! Oh, right, of course, yeah. Call of Juarez. Yes, Gunslinger. So wait, Gunslinger came right after, uh. The Cartel. Cartel? Holy crap, that is a. A game that had an achievement for killing unarmed black kids. <laughs> that is a wild swing. Followed by Gunslinger. Wow. Which I will be playing next week. Woohoo! It's one of the. Yeah, I think it's on the PlayStation Store free rental next month or whatever. Alright then. Next up, we have a PlayStation Network re-release of, I believe, a late PS2 game. A game that was banned in Australia. Manhunt. Holy crap, he's fast. Ha! <laughs> yeah, Manhunt. The PSN re-release of Manhunt was May 2013. Still can't get in Australia. <laughs> I feel like I should feel bad about that, but eh. Do you want it? I no. have an American PlayStation account. <laughs> I, I, uh, who cares? It was their fault. They withheld old school RPGs from me. All they right. needed to be punished. Well, you, you got squeaking out of it. They were made to pay for this. Hey, if capitalism isn't going to do it for you. Next up, we have a really weird tie-in to an existing franchise. Not technically a franchise game, in that there wasn't really, like, it's not part of multiple sets of games. Like spin-off-y, or? It's two games that are connected, and they're not very similar games. No, you already did Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's not those. Is it Pokemon Conquest? No. Okay. No. Damn. In fact, the games... I didn't need to play Pokemon Conquest. It Ah. is so awesome! (laughs) (laughs) I love Pokemon and I love the the Three Kingdoms. 
the two games in question are actively connected in the events in one supposedly influence events in the other. Huh? Huh. This sounds unique and interesting, but it probably isn't. Well, it is unique and interesting, but it still won't get you to play it because of the context it's from. Oh. Well, it's probably not Persona 4 Arena that I was going to guess. No, not Persona 4 Arena. Okay, can you, sorry, summarize this for me again? I'm having trouble understanding what the hell you're describing. It is a multiplayer game Mm -hmm. that has events in it that influence a different multiplayer game. And that other multiplayer game has events in it. Oh, oh, oh. This is um, the one that goes with Eve. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's it fucking called? It's called Dust. D- D- it's called Eve Dust. And, uh, Talon? Yeah? You're wrong. I have fucking played Eve Dust. Right. Is it any good? <laughs> I played it in the beta, and it had problems of spawning you right in the middle of a firefight. And you die oh, immediately yeah. and respawn in the middle of a firefight. <laughs> but it handled no. nicely when it actually worked. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> really weird, interesting thing, but getting me to get involved in the EVE universe. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, they, they can keep that. I do not wish to send in an entry form to the world's biggest dickhead competition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying everyone who plays EVE is a dickhead, but it just seems that that is the primary goal of success in that game. <laughs> it, it is a, It does have a good sorting algorithm for finding dickheads. <laughs> It like it's a digital sorting hat. <laughs> Except that instead, you, instead of looking like a witch hat, it just looks like a cock. <laughs> noble, slightly less noble, evil, stupid. <laughs> Alright, it's a first-person shooter. It's based on a franchise, but mostly a franchise of books. The Walking Dead shooter? No. It's not an English language book series. The Witcher Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> that, that's the one where... No, sorry, not going to be gross about that. <laughs> no, uh, it's post-apocalyptic. The Walking Dead Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> Loom! <laughs> it's set in a public transport system. Is it's uh, it's a uh, it's uh, Metro twenty twenty something rather. Right? Yeah, Metro Last Light oh. was twenty thirteen. Right. Yeah, uh, the Metro series of games are based on a Russian series mm-hmm. of young adult, depressing as hell science fiction novels about a post apocalyptic blow up the whole world, where the Russians who are, who are in this in the uh, underground train network when the bombs hit survived. See, that's very interesting. But at the beginning of that sentence, you assumed I'd ever heard of Metro. <laughs> the uh, Metro series of what? Uh, does it, and it's in a train? <laughs> I don't... You know, Central return, single fare. Yes, Jeb. See, I've heard a lot of good things about the Metro series, but whenever I think of the, the Russian post-apocalyptic shooters, I immediately first think of uh, Stalker. <laughs> even though those are Ukrainian. Yeah. But uh, Metro, Metro's, Metro's the one that uh, has a very unique currency. We were talking about currency earlier. Yeah. Because Metro, your currency in this shooter is your bullets. <laughs> yep. And it's that's never did brilliant. That fallout. Yeah. It, it's yeah. a really good currency system. Um, a, a friend once developed a game where you spent your points that were your high score to unlock weapons and whatnot. Because the basic idea was the tension between doing more or doing better. And Metro does that in-universe. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. This came up actually when I was concepting a sci-fi Fire Emblem type thing complete with the limited uses on weapons concept. Yeah. Or like, doesn't make a lot of sense if you suddenly have gunner characters. Wait, except I started out by seeing this was a po- post-apocalyptic setting. So that makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah, I got 20 bullets. Don't waste that shit. <laughs> exactly. And there's a reason no one has machine guns. But you think in a post-apocalyptic setting, people would not have a filter in bullets. Sure, but you have to go and get some. Yeah, you'd have to actually leave the battlefield. Yeah, doing that in the middle of combat strikes me as really dangerous. But it'd be really right. cool if someone could do it. <laughs> okay, so now we're at the, the final one of this bout of retro gaming Hold news. Hold on, I have a question that goes with the last game. What's the one that's set in an underground train station where you play, like, a bear or possibly a dog fighting bears? I can't remember for sure. <laughs> that's, that's, um... 
Tokyo no, no, it's it's a it's made by the same. It's, it's much made more two D. It's made by Spooky Squid, and you play a dog. It's it's train dogs, right? And that's not post apocalyptic. Did that ever come out? That's, yeah, it's out. It's just Russian. Cool. It's just the Russian subway, and you play a dog. You're on a subway though, yeah. And, and occasionally, and occasionally bears. Yeah, there's bears. You bark at people to get them to run away, and they drop their food, and you steal their food, and occasionally <laughs> there's bears. All right. It's I just love dog games, don't I? Yeah. I will play anything where you're a dog. <laughs> dog park is pretty good <laughs> okay so here is our uh <clears throat> here is our last one oh this entry. uh depending on how much you love dogs you might want to avoid playing life is strange because nine oh, percent of people are monsters a whole bunch of people do something bad to a dog yes well not a do whole I bunch nine percent nine percent no no nine percent of people who play the game oh uh, you're kidding Nine oh. percent of players choose to do something horrible to a dog when given the yeah. opportunity. So, so it does Walking Dead style. Huh. It, this is of... also a digital sorting hat. This is a sociopath selector. <laughs> I don't know. I'd say sociopath, but I'd certainly say willing. The sociopath to be mean. might be too gentle a word. Just mean to dogs. It's just not nice. I, I no. The word for person who is mean to dogs is fuckhead. <laughs> yes. Yeah. After after the after the episode, you saw me on Twitter. You know, who are these nine percent of people? They're monsters. They <laughs> did a very bad thing to a no- to a dog. I I do not trust a person who, when given the opportunity, wants to inflict harm on an animal for the sake of inflicting harm on an animal. That to me is like a massive red flag. Yeah. So I do not want to ever deal with this person. Especially since in Life is Strange, you're given a rewind button. So you it's not like you can it. do this thing and see, oh, something bad is probably going to happen to the dog. I don't want that to happen. Right. Nine yeah. percent of people. Nine percent of people who played this saw that and said, "Yes, this is what I want to happen." <laughs> wow. Fuck those people. Yeah, that is that is messed up. <laughs> that is messed up shit. So, um, last one for this round of retro gaming news. This is going to be the oddball. I will be surprised if anyone knows about this sweepstakes. <laughs> So Jeb will know about it, and he'll make fun of you afterwards. Statistically speaking, this will be <laughs> one of our many entries in I Don't Know Thing, and Jeb then going, Thing. <laughs> Alright. I never know Thing. It is a game that purports to have no tutorial. It's a game that is on the 3DS. It's a game with a science fiction horror aesthetic. Cartridge or, uh, like, e-store or It's not e-store. It's, it's, you know, you can get a cart for this game. Okay. Uh, it had something of mixed reviews. Many people referred to the opening two hours of the game as being brilliant and the rest being kind of meh. I don't know if it's 3DS. Ah, uh, yeah. Sci-fi horror. Yeah. No, that's just a straight-up DS game. Yeah. Mm, bollocks. Um, it's also a part of the Guild franchise, which is mostly only known in Japan. The Guild? Yeah, there's a there's a series of games in Japan which are about spacefaring traveling guilds and one huh. of them is this game. Hmm. Give me some more hints. I may have heard of it. Uh, I know that Matt Lees has spoken about it. And oh yes, Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I tell you about when my cousin started playing Dark Souls two and went? You know, oh, played a girl in Dark Souls. Play a guy this time. See what we can do. And just sort of randomly put down features until he more or less liked it. And we both sat back and went, "Holy fuck! You've created Matt Lees." <laughs> <laughs> It's creepy. Alright, uh, the name of this game is the name of the thing you're traveling around in. Mm, Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Spaceship. (laughs) You're really close. That's half, that's almost half the name. Spaceship Uh, Starship. (laughs) It's a game called Starship Damray. Ah, no. Never heard it. Ah. Damrays. Starship Damray's only opening to the game as you play it is just to flash up a sign saying, there is no tutorial, you will not be told how to play this game. And you then have to... <laughs> it, it, it does an amazing unconscious tutorial in that you, you're basically put into locations where your fumbling will teach you the thing you have to do. And it uses a touchscreen really effectively. Like, um, you have a glow stick that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's it's slightly dying. And if you want to get light out of it, you have to, you know, shake it. Shake it. Um... <laughs> Getting through doorways, you have to put two fingers on the screen and push them sideways because it's, you know, actually putting both hands on the thing. Hmm. Starship Damray has a really effective opening two hours, and the rest of the game is kind of not as good. Uh, the person who I've spoken to the most about it is the Gateland Cad, Caitlin Gadd. So that's primarily my source on Starship Damray. Hey, 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 you want to know how to save Sonic? 
Oh. Mobian souls. <laughs> the rings, man. They could function exactly like souls. The problem you have there is that that would require you to design a very difficult and complex game that's very finely balanced and big and atmospheric. Basically, I don't think Sega can do it. And involves Sonic doing anything other than running and jumping, which has always been the bane of his existence. <laughs> don't make Sonic do anything else. Just as, just uh, as He was really good at driving a race car. Yep. But as a short... Except for the fact that there was no reason for him to drive a race car in the first place. As a short... uh, I had this conversation just, just the other day. <laughs> there is a reason for him to drive a race car in carts form. It's because he needs the car to fly, because he can't fly. He's not, he is not a jet. Oh, so what I was saying is there's no reason for Tails to drive a race car. It's also so that he's playing fair with the other people who can't outrun him. So he's a patronizing dick. That's very solid. But he also has, like, the second no, fastest car. patronizing <laughs> is, like, pretending to be nice, which is not something Sonic does. Sonic is just a pompous ass. <laughs> the, well, that's uh, why he has the fastest car, second fastest car. With, with, with Sonic in... Anyway, statistically, Sonic is su- Sonic sucks when driving a car, because he has multiple other racing games before this, all of which were garbage, so... Well, he had to learn. He didn't have his permit then. He wasn't old enough. He had to learn to do more than just drive a car. That's the thing. As soon as it came to flying and boating, and boating, he was fine. Yeah. Now, I, I would like to point out that we can make a short list of stuff Sonic should definitely, definitely not do. <laughs> Go near humans. Um, fight the Black like... Knight. Have Seduce a, a human girl. Yeah. Uh, Wield any kind of weapon. Don't, don't give him a weapon. Nope. Don't rip off God of War. Get cloned. You should never, ever fucking get cloned for any reason. Ta- I was going to say time travel, but no, Sonic CD. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, an acceptable entry in the canon. Uh, does, it, it is not in the pile of shame. Does Metal Sonic count as a clone? No, the robot duplicates don't count as clones because they were never clones of Sonic. They were just, well, imitations made to murder him. That's yeah. all right. And Metal Sonic was, was also acceptable. Sonic CD is acceptable. Oh, yeah, all the various different machine versions of Sonic, because they were just some guy being like, man, Sonic is so cool, I bet I could kill Sonic if I had Sonic. Create a knockoff of Chow? Just use Chow. Just use Chow, yes. Chow are cute. Chow, Chow are fine. What was wrong with Chow? People liked Chow. Well, we like Chow, and, well, we're the ones with the podcast. Yeah, Chow are pretty popular. Like, they, you know, of the things that people were starting to dislike about the Sonic franchise at that point, they were pretty low on the list, because there were other things like 3D and camera control and humans. So don't replace Oma Chow with, uh, with, uh, <laughs> with a little gremlin that, that, that likes to eat all the time. And what the heck was there in um in colors? What did they call those things? Oh, I forget. Like wisps, I think. Like yeah. it was just some generic term for little alien thing. Shine sprites or whatever. Oh wait, no, that's still a game. Episodic content. Sonic should never do episodic content. Apparently he's not. He can't. <laughs> Sonic can't be trusted with episodic content. He has previously abused this privilege. The thing that really blows me away from that is that from a designer, like not actually like a game designer, but like a visual designer, you've got this beautiful option where you can have Sonic. And then you have Sonic Episode 2, and you can make the 2 out of Tails as Tails. And then you have Sonic Episode 3, and the 3 can be Knuckles Bam, as Bam, it's the Knuckles. <laughs> knuckles only has two Knuckles on his fist. Oh. I mean, he, he's probably got three Knuckles as long as he has three fingers. You can't tell because he has mittens. But he's only got two spikes. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't know that that well. But yes, just... I do. What's weird about that? Well, you, he's got <laughs> the two fists, and he can punch the, 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 the in between the threes. Yeah. So we could one, th- one, one indent for each fist. But you can see what I mean, right? There's, there's something to that, but they only made two episodes. They, if they've been thinking about it, and they would have the done four, something like Sonic Adventure with, with the, like with different the four. characters in different episodes and weaving them together into one storyline. Because that was kind of the last cool thing they did with Sonic. What was that, Jeb? With four? With the four, you could have like Vector Crocodile's tail. <laughs> get out! <laughs> hey, hey, when five did you get to have yes. SBO? Espio's cool, actually. I'd have I was saying SPO. six could be like Charmy B. He's like the only Chaotix I'd let in. Espio, he's rad. This is this is a weird thing though because I looked at the Chaotix and okay, I understand that one of the problems that Sonic has is it's too bloated. But the Chaotix characters, I looked at that and went, how was They're that cool. game not cool? It, it was looked, cool. It looked like Lost Vikings with, with being designed by <laughs> Sega. That's yeah. Chaotix was cool. okay. No, no one Chaotix owned was cool. it because it was 32x. <laughs> Why do you think? I'm not why kidding. Do you think, no one why do, you, why do you think last time I did an intro, I gave myself <laughs> Vector Crocodile? <laughs> I think the 
thing I like the most about this is this is technically not a segment. This is us just complaining about Sonic and the things that Sonic shouldn't do. <laughs> it should be a segment. It is a segment. It's, it's a segment now. now. Uh, Suck the hedgehog. Uh, evil clones with guns. No. We've already covered weapons and cloning, so that's just a combination. Of yeah, but you combine Sonic them. Is not allowed to do. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, though. If you combine them, is it allowable if you give them an awesome theme song? No. Because All Hail Shadow is awesome. <laughs> oh, have siblings. Sonic should never, ever have siblings. <laughs> Wearing clothes. Wait, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sonic Underground, their mother will be found. <laughs> that is the height of cartoon entertainment. Yeah, she'll be found, and then she'll also have the voice of Steve fucking Urkel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I... I want to know, how is it that a character that feels as white as Sonic? He's <laughs> <laughs> voiced by, voice by a white. black guy. Who, by the way, as an adult, Jaleel not just Sonic. is pretty cool. <laughs> not, just, not just Sonic. Sonic's brother and sister. I, I don't get this yeah, at all. No siblings for Sonic. No musical instruments for Sonic. No pants for Sonic. <laughs> None of the above. Have you seen Sonic Underground? I don't mind. Yes. Have yes, you seen have. Sonic Underground? Tal- I, I, I'm, asking, I'm asking if Talon has seen I it. I with its, with, with its every episode has a musical number. I, I don't ever remember seeing it when it was on TV. This was definitely in my stay inside, don't look at the windows, God will judge you stage of my life. Um, well, God will judge you for watching Sonic Underground. <laughs> the worst bit of a 90s cartoon staple to the worst bit of an 80s cartoon staple the... to fucking Steve Urkel. Is this the one with the chicken and the tank with a drill for a nose? No, that's no, the that was Sonic the Hedgehog, which was... And it's wonderful. Less bad? <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible, but it's wonderfully terrible. I hate that hedgehog. I, I just want to say, we, we sit here making fun of Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm like arms reach away from the Robotech novels. Okay. I'm not allowed to make too much fun. Let me see if I can put this in context for you. Um, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog is Looney Tunes Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the AM series was like Batman the Animated Series Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Sonic Underground is like, oh, like Gem Sonic the Hedgehog. No, Gem is cool. You also said Sonic Underground was cool. <laughs> so here's a thought. Sonic games came out... The first ones came out in the uh, in the 80s, right? Uh, I think 89 was the first one. So Sonic's like 25. Yeah. Why do we not have Dad Sonic? Sonic is 16 forever, Talon. And also, Sonic the Dad Hog was in the first episode. What? It's very first... It's our first podcast. Our, our first podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> Holy Remember crap! Remember video game dads? I just sorry, I forgot that I've been doing this now for like five months. Wow, this is episode twenty. This is episode. Holy crap! How did I not mention that in the opening? We're almost, we're almost halfway through the year. Holy crap! And yeah, sure, Sonic is old enough to be a dad, but he's a fucking idiot. I would like to remind you that I'm in the middle of my uh, assignments. <laughs> Don't expect me to know anything about the outside world. I'm going to wind up just... You'll, you'll find me burbling in a corner just repeating the word producage and presumption. Right? I just kind of assumed you do that after every class. <laughs> you just cry a little, oh. curl up the corner. Oh, you know what I did after? It's not a real word. It's not, They're going to make fun of me. They're going to make fun of me. Document management. <laughs> Actually, Jeff, do you want to know what I did after the last uh, major class I did at, 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 of that sort? We uh, we sat around and we played Carcassonne with the teacher. I hate you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that hedgehog. <laughs> I, I suspect that we've hit a certain limit where Fox and I aren't going to make more sense for the rest of the day. Oh, oh better. Guess how many results you get if you Google Talon the Hedgehog. All of them. Oh, God. There are so many Talon the Hedgehogs. Yeah, but it with an E. Listener, if you would post some of these to Twitter so we can see. Did you mean? <laughs> Did you means count? Uh, uh, oh my goodness, there are a lot of these. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I'm safe because if you Google Fox the Hedgehog, you obviously don't get that. Which is funny because I had a, a, a Sonic character. Just got quickly. Oh, you get hedgehogs and foxes. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I looked up Aaron the Hedgehog. Oh, of course you did. I'm so proud of that. You dork. <laughs> you get Talon's Twitter avatar. <laughs> I wonder who's responsible for this god-awful abomination. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I, I, I have to. <laughs> I did find, I, I, I suggest everyone go look up Munchlax the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh, no! 
It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Overalls and sunglasses. Time to end this episode of the downloadable concept. Or it gets worse. <laughs> I'm not tired. <laughs> Go to bed, Talon. Thank you for joining us, listener. As always, that's been Talon. That's been Jeb. And that's been Fox. Join us next week when we will have full profiles and model sheets of our Sonic the Hedgehog fan characters ready for your amusement. Including Listener the Hedgehog. Am I at Grandma's yet? Australian way. Absolutely. Horse thief. Yep. <laughs> we have horse and horse thieves, counterfeiters, and at least one murderer <laughs> on our money. Suck my bookend. <laughs> <laughs>